0: If you'll open your Bibles to Psalms 144, I I don't think there's anything like having the the Word of God right in front of us and and looking at what we're sharing. Psalm 144, we come to another psalm that God has led David to write, and it is sung to bless the Lord, and to give Him just a great high praise for who He is, for taking David through the trials that He took him through, for David to see the benefits. What we're going to see is the confidence that David has moving forward over the tough things that he had been through. The entire psalm is, is loaded with, with reverence and and just a, a beautiful exalting of the Lord. It, it seems to start with just an immediate burst of, of showering the Lord with blessings. We want to be blessed by the Lord, but How about blessing the Lord? The psalmist said more than once, many times, bless the Lord, O my soul. We need to to bless the Lord as well as Him blessing us. And so David gives the Lord honor. Uh, He gives God honor for making him a victorious soldier in the fight. While he is in the battle, God made him a mighty king. And, and David is hopeful for the people to have a God like our God is, that He will take care of them as God uses David to do everything that David can do for the people that God would assign to him, knowing that God will bless His people. God will bless His people in the middle of the battle that's going on. That, one th- way I sum this up that we're going to share tonight is the blessings for David through the battles of life. We all have them, and they continue. This psalm is written, of course, after David had been on the run from Saul. He faced a lot of adversity. He faced a lot of pressure during that time. He learned a lot about himself in the battle. And he learned a lot about God in his time of trial. And those ongoing problems, as we shared last Sunday night, prepared him for the throne as he became king. It was and experience that God took David through with lasting results, positive results. As we we see here, David blessing the God of Israel and giving the highest praise. David had a witness about our God that He is faithful in the battle. And there's no God like our true God. Let's look at God, our supplier, in verses 1 through 4. I'll I'll start with just verses 1 and 2. Blessed be the Lord my strength, which teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight. My goodness and my fortress, my high tower, and my deliverer, my shield, and he in whom I trust. David was pressured by the pursuit of Saul. And you understand, this wasn't one sprint through the woods. It wasn't just a couple of hours in the cave, and this running from Saul, when Saul was jealous over David... To become king. It wasn't just an instance. It went on for a while. Some have said it could have been up to a decade that this took place in David's life. And then, to be established as king over all of the tribes, that wasn't the smoothest road in and of itself. Bringing about unity among all of the tribes. And and so you think about David's trials up to that point. David's trials as he was appointed king and and, and what Saul did and then his trials in the establishing uh, of himself in in the position of king. And, And you might think David went through enough trials for a lifetime right then and there in and of itself. But He actually faced many more after that time. But they all worked out for good because David feared the Lord and David trusted the Lord through these trials. They worked out for good because the things of the past that God took David through by way of battle gave him courage and gave him confidence as he went into the future, as he thought about what was coming in the future for himself. This life, this life of love, mercy, and grace for the Christian is also a life of battles. It's always going to be. We're going to have battles in our lives, we have had some battles. Some are in some kind of battle right now. In a number this size, someone's going through a battle, most likely, currently as we speak. And let me say this about our future. We shall go into battles. We have battles ahead of us. You might say, Brother Kenneth, that's not real encouraging. It's real it's real. We have battles that we're facing. Might as well might as well talk about it. Might as well prepare for it. Might as well think of the positive helpful things that God's doing that we need to pay attention to for those battles that we're going to face. David knew, David knew that there were still battles ahead of him. But what he learned and experienced in the past Gave him confidence for the future. Listen to what he said in the 18th psalm in the 34th verse. He teacheth my hands to war, so that a bow of steel is broken in mine arms. Psalm 1845. The strangers shall fade away and be afraid out of their close places. The 55th psalm. And the 18th verse says, "...He hath delivered my soul in peace from the battle that was against me. For there were many with me. God shall hear and afflict them... "...even he that abideth of old, Salah, because they have no changes, therefore they fear not God. He hath put forth his hands against such as be at peace with him. He hath broken his covenant. The words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet were they drawn swords." Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and He shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. David had confidence in the Lord concerning battles, concerning the enemies that we face as we go. The good that our battles are meant to produce... We see it in the life of David when we take a look at him, when we take a look at where he came from and we take a look at where he is. How better can we know God and really praise God for You know, the way that David does here. How how can we praise God? What's the fullest extent of us being able to praise God the way David does here? Because of the victory that he gives us through the battles as we trust him with our lives and in the things we go through. Because of battle victories, as he trusted the Lord... David blesses God. Now remember, this is after Saul. This is after so many things that happened as he took up the kingship. After that, David blesses God and he calls God his strength. He let God go, God let David go through what he went through, and David calls God his strength, his goodness. When he says my goodness, he's he's speaking of the Lord by way of his loving kindness in that word he uses. He calls the Lord his fortress. David was on the run. But he says that the God that God is my fortress, high tower, my deliverer, and my shield. Some would say you just don't associate the Christian life with war. As Pastor Stone was alluding to this morning, the the, the type of preaching that continues to be more and more popular would would leave a lot of people uneducated on, on a life of war that we go through. Uh, but the reality is there, there's, there's war in this life for the child of God. It's always going to take place. If we are invested in the Christian life, if we are committed to the Lord and walking with Him, there's going to be war. The 97th Psalm and the 10th verse simply lays it out so simple. Ye that love the Lord hate evil. God hates evil. When we're walking with the Lord, we're going to love and we're going to hate evil. We're going to do the same, and we're going to have battles. If, if we love and we hate, there is going to be a battle. We're going to have them. But at the same time, we're going to be blessed. I guess I, guess I could have titled the message, Blessed in the Battle, because that's what God has in store for us, and that's what we see here. Listen to the 18th Psalm and the 47th verse. It says, It is God that avengeth me and subdueth the people under me. He delivereth me from mine enemies. Yea, thou liftest me up above those that rise up against me. Thou deliverest me from the violent man. Wow. Wow. David gave the Lord high praise. He gave the Lord high praise for his victory in the battles. He gave the Lord high praise from his high position that God gave him. But as we look into verses 3 and 4, we're going to see that he always knew how lowly he would be without his God. This is an important thing for us to talk about for a minute because there's always the temptation that when God is giving us success in our lives, there's always the temptation to take that credit for ourselves, to really think that we're in control, that, that we've really got it going on, and we've figured this life out. You know, somebody said, don't brag in golf. Don't do it. If you have a good golf game, don't brag. All we have to brag about is the Lord Jesus Christ. And David realized this. Look at with me at verses 3 and 4. He says, Lord, what is man that thou takest knowledge of him or the Son of Man that Thou makest account of Him. Man is like to vanity. His days are as a shadow that passeth away. We need to be ever so mindful of who God is, and who we are, and who we would be without God. We must, be all, we must always be careful in our success and victories that we know we are not achieving them on our own. That it wasn't of ourselves that these things happen. It's the Lord who gives victory. It's the Lord who works in and through our lives. If we ever drift off into thinking that we can handle life on our own by ourselves, we are in trouble. We are always in need of trusting the Lord. When we are on the mountaintop, we are in need of trusting the Lord, knowing that we didn't get ourselves there, but the Lord may have, He took us there maybe for a season. And it's the Lord who has done that. We know our trials are tests. We we all know that, 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 that we're tested in time of trial. But we never consider the testing aspects of our triumphs in life. There is a test there that we'll give thanks and praise to God for what He's done, for where we are, for what we have, for what we're able to do for Him, for the success that we see in what we're able to do for Him. Give God praise. Look, David was exalted to a high place, but he praises his most high God for what God has done in his life. He sees his lowly estate without God. There's a temptation to think we did this or we do that rather than God did it through us. It seems like every time I think about this subject, it takes me to Paul and the others reporting their missionary work to the church at Antioch. And, and when he comes back and when he gives a report of the amazing things that, that happened while he was out on his missionary journey, he says in Acts 14, 27, it says, they rehearsed, listen to the words, all that God had done with them. Not what they did, but all that God had done with them. I tell you what, it's, it's good to use that that, that, that verbiage, it's, it's good to use those phrases, especially when it's where we are in our heart about it. God is God, and we are who we are, and we need His grace, and we need His mercy. One preacher considered how all of our components are going back to the ground one day. We came from the dust of the ground, and back to the dust of the ground we'll go. And I don't, know, I don't know how serious or deep a, a study this was, but, but he figured up the average size of the average person and the price of dirt, and he figured on the average we're worth about $3.57, he told us. And, and this preacher went on and on about it doesn't matter how fancy a car you drive and the house and blah, 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 and this and that, we're worth about $3.57. I tell you what, that, that might sound a little harsh to some, but... But from what I hear from David's heart, he's right in line with that. He, David might give an amen to something like that. Look at, look at what he says again in verse 3. Lord, what is man that Thou takest knowledge of him? David's kingship, it didn't go to his head. What a great reminder from the example of David how helpless we are without the Lord. God is also our deliverer. Look with me and let's read together verses 5 through 11. It says, Bow the heavens, O Lord, and come down, touch the mountains, and they shall smoke. Cast forth lightning... And scatter them, shoot out thine arrows, and destroy them. Send thine hand from above, rid me, and deliver me out of great waters, from the hand of strange children, whose mouth speaketh vanity, and their right hand is a right hand of falsehood. I will sing a new song unto thee, O God, upon a psaltery, and an instrument of ten strings will I sing praises unto thee. It is he that giveth salvation unto kings, who delivereth David his servant from the hurtful sword. Wow, those things that David exalts God and gives him praise for in his power that he does, his power to deliver. We can't do that. We can't do that stuff. We can't deliver ourselves. I'm going to go back to the 18th Psalm again. And and listen, if you would, to verses 8 and 9. There went up a smoke out of his nostrils, and fire out of his mouth devoured. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also, and came down, and darkness was under his feet, the power of the Lord and the kind of deliverer that He is. There is no God like our God. Why would we, why would we cheat ourselves by replacing Him with ourselves? And trying to deliver ourselves, It's the nature of the flesh to resort there. But we constantly need to be mindful of our God the way David was when David was on the run and then when David took up the throne and, then, and when David was in power, he knew it was the power of the Lord and he gives God genuine praise here. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12, For when I am weak then am I strong. Believe, believe David got that. David didn't hear it. God, God had Paul write that after David, but, but the word of the Lord has, has always been. And, and David got that in one way or another. David said, the battle is the Lord's. Israel always had their enemies. Outsiders we always trying to get into the nation of Israel. Outsiders were lying to get into the nation of Israel. Outsiders were taking an oath to get into the nation. With, and, and their oath wasn't worth two cents. They were deceiving. Deceivers came against Israel. And, and I tell you what, that's enough to make a king fret. That's enough to... To, to, to make a pastor fret if, if a pastor considers the the warfare that that's going on even now, but it, it would make a king fret, but not the king who knows the lord's power to deliver his people. David knew the lord's power that delivered him, and David knew by the word of God, David knew by experience with his God. That his God had power to take care of his people. So David boldly took up the throne. His experience with God in past battles gave him a new song to sing. Look at verse 9 again. I will sing a new song unto thee, O God. <laughs> kind of reminds me of... Uh, I'm, I'm not going to try to tell the story right. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think about it much. But, but it was a competition to draw the best picture of peace you possibly could. And I forget what other people drew. They lost. The one who won was the one who drew the tree and the rainstorm and the wind blowing and that, and that little bird just sitting on that branch whistling away right in the middle of the storm. David says, I will sing a new song unto thee. You understand? There were battles he had been through. There were battles ahead of him. There were battles all around him. And David had a new song in his heart to sing in the midst of his battles during surrounding troubles. That's a good way to be. That's a good way to be. And to learn to walk with the Lord through our battles, Trusting Him, trusting His promises, trusting in His power, experiencing His power and what He says He will do, and God following through on His promises, that's for you and I too. To have a new song in the midst of old battles that have always been around, that God has taken hundreds of thousands of His children through over and over again. we're going to go through those same old battles that God knows how to win, And He'll put a new song in our hearts. I I believe that tonight, amen. I I believe it. I believe in the power of God through the battles that we face in life. That He will take us through them. He might leave us in them a while. We're we're going to come to a place where where we're going to have victory uh, outside of them or in our battles. Blessed in the battle. That's what I thought about titling it. That fits. This is very useful for the everyday battles of life. I wrote down a statement from this morning's message. The day we die, we're in the fight. Anybody remember that statement this morning? It's just, it kind of got like this, I thought, when that statement went out. And it impacted me. And then and then as I was thinking about this message tonight, it's true the day we die we're in the fight, and and we have a deliverer to be bold in every day in the fight. That he is with us, that he knows how to deliver us, that he's able to deliver us, and and he will in his time. God is our supplier, God is our deliverer, God is our giver. We think of something being taken away from us, I think, sometimes in our adversity, in our time of trouble, that, that, that we're robbed, that we're depleted of something in our lives during those times. But, but look at verses 12 through 15 uh, about God giving, even, in the, even with the surrounding battle going on. Verse 12, that our sons may be as plants grown up in their youth, that our daughters may be as cornerstones polished after the similitude of a palace, that our garners may be full, affording all manner of store." that our sheep may bring forth thousands and ten thousands in our streets, that our oxen may be strong to labor, that there be no breaking in nor going out, that there be no complaining in our streets. Happy is that people that is in such a case, yea, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. Look at the blessings. Look at the giving of God. And remember what I said about those who wanted to come against Israel and and trying to get into the nation and wanting to destroy them any way they can. And David just can't help but praise God who is such a giver. David sees how much bigger his God is than all of the enemies of Israel that would try to come in and destroy what they have and and themselves. God gives great blessings. And He made David a great and mighty warrior as king, and He used him in war so his people could be blessed. David was willing to be used for for the sacrifice of his life as king in, in such a way so his people could be blessed. David was a good king because he believed the promises of God no matter what kind of battle God's people had coming against them. He was a mighty warrior for God. God made him that. David didn't love war. David wasn't anxious for the fight, but he defended God's land. And and he encouraged God's people with the promises of God that they might have peace. That they might have an abundantly blessed life from God. David talks about the family in verse 12 and, and the children. Uh, in verse 13, he talks about the everyday need of them having all that they need. In verse 14, the work and the, the unity of the people in the land. If Israel obeyed the law of the Lord, Deuteronomy 28, there, were, there was a covenant of God that they would be blessed for their obedience to God... You know, and notice, notice in God the Giver, in these last four verses, notice David mentions the home and family first. He mentions home and family before the material things, before the need. before Before the needs in life, he mentions the family. What a nation becomes starts in the home. It starts with the family. It seems like we're in such a busy day and time that we're not slowing down to consider the work that God wants to do in our home. We need to be outside the walls of the church and, and we need to tell of a Savior who is mighty to save. And we also need to do the work of God In our homes. Imagine what God pictured when He created marriage and family. Something beautiful. A a unit of people together as family to glorify God. We're God's creation. The family is God's creation. He mentions the family first. It's after the family that He mentions the needs. God wants to bless our homes, and God wants to bless our nations. And He can and He will. He would just have have all to obey the gospel and be saved. You know, the Bible uses that phrase about the gospel. Obey the gospel. And that doesn't mean our obedience to something to get us something. That that simply means to render submissive acceptance. Accept what Jesus Christ has done for us. Accept Jesus Christ personally as Lord and Savior for the forgiveness of our sins and become a new creature in Jesus Christ. That That gives a lot of families a new dad a new mom, new children. You know, one man was outdoor door knocking for Jesus Christ. And, and he knocked on the door. Sometimes sometimes when I go with the guys, we, we don't get to more than three doors in three hours because we'll talk to them as long as they'll talk. One, one, one preacher in glory now, Melvin Holyfield, he said, as long as you have their ear, you keep talking to them. Man, I must have taken that to the extreme. But this man, as the story goes, he went door to door and he had a witnessing track. And, he, and, and when somebody opened the door, he simply handed it to them and he said, does Jesus live here? And he gave them the track and he went on to the next door. Does Jesus live here? And a woman took the track, went in and sat down and a man came home from work and his wife's just sitting there kind of looking off into space it looked like and he said honey what's wrong she said well a man came by the door today and he and he said uh, he handed me this and he said does Jesus live here and he said well did you tell him we're members of so and so baptist church down the road no did did you did you tell him that we give did you tell him did you tell him that we attend services and our kids go to camp and You know, that that we volunteer in in this and that ministry? No, No, I, I didn't tell him that because that's not what he asked, she said. She said, what he asked is, does Jesus live here? And she said, and I'm not sure that He does. Jesus wants to bless the home. He wants to save the home. He wants our lives at home as a new creation to be just as they appear here in God's house. He can do that. He's mighty to save. He will. Obey the gospel and obey the word of the Lord. We don't obey the word of the Lord to try to get saved. We don't obey the, the, the word of the Lord to try to maintain being saved. We obey the word of the Lord because that's what we're left here to do and we've been saved and the Holy Spirit of God has come to live within us so that we can obey the word of the Lord. That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives. To... As new creations, the miracle of being able to obey the Lord. God has supplied everything we need. He is a gracious giver. God will never be outgiven. He gives in the battle. He gives everything we need in the battle. God only. He not only supplies everything we need for battle and everything that we need from the battle, He delivers us through the battle And He blesses us in the battle with everything that we need. He blesses us in abundance. And if that doesn't help us out, with getting excited about verse 15, nothing else will. Happy is that people that is in such a case. Yea, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. There are those who have a God that's dead. There are those who have a God who does not give them assurance. But happy is the one whose God is the Lord. The one true and living God. Isn't it wonderful that that you don't have to second guess your true God? Your your God who gives you assurance. Your God who, who gave Jesus Christ. There are many people who serve dead gods, but we have a living God. Jesus said, it is finished on the cross. He died, was buried, and He arose, and He ever liveth for His people. We live because He lived. He's given eternal life. He is at the right hand of the Father interceding for you and I right now. Happy is that people whose God is the Lord. Now, the battles, the wars we face in life, what place do those take when we consider who our God is. Happy is that people whose God is the Lord. He's our supplier. He's our deliverer. He's our giver. He was for Israel and He's the same God today. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is full of, of power, through our troubles, through our battles, in time of all the wars and life we face, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. As we, as we consider the, this subject of war and, and David's prospering, David's blessing, David's praise of God, war or no war, you know, think about war for a minute. And You know, in 1945, the United Nations was established, and and one of its primary goals was to maintain global peace and try to facilitate harmony between nations. Because war was so natural to the human condition, there was a feeling that we needed something to help orchestrate peace around the world. The United Nations sends in peacekeeping forces to help mediate conflicts that occur between nations. Peace is hard to come by. In In about 4,000 years of recorded human history, there, there have been only 268 years, it's been said, where there was no war. War is normal. War is normal for nations. It's normal for many of us. You know, the the kind of wars that, that hit home in our lives, though, are maybe the wars that we have within ourselves. There's a civil war going on between three people a lot of times, and it's me, myself, and I. And none of them can get along with each other. Then there are domestic wars with, with husbands and wives fighting each other. You know, somebody said, rather than be married by the justice of the peace, uh, some men and women look like they were married by the secretary of war. Every day is, is a new fight, though. You might picture that fight between the parents and the children sometimes. That, that can create quite a war zone in some cases. Even co-workers. People of different race. People of different class groups. The wars just steadily go on and on in life, and those things affect us. And, and, and we can be defeated by what we would call the smallest wars that are going on. We try to slight something, and it is a war that we are losing. And we don't have to lose it because of the Lord our God. Even these wars, they exist and they will defeat us if we neglect. If we neglect who God is, if we neglect the promises of God. And we can read the Word of God and and know the promises of God, but there's nothing like, like being in the Word of God and going through the battle and experiencing the trust in Him that He is our supplier, that He is our deliverer, that He is our giver in the battles. May we be encouraged tonight to to look to our God and, and who He is in time of battle, because I'm telling you, He may not deliver the way you and I want to be delivered, but He will deliver us in a better way than that. He will deliver us in such a way that it will be the greatest gain and it will be the most beneficial thing that we need in our lives. God knows what we need. He knows what we need more than we do. He's a battle winner. In our lives. And it's, it's not so much about when and the time. And seeing the enemy go down. But what God does in us. In our time of battle. Even when the battles are all around. But let me just close with saying this tonight. And that is. No one is going to battle sin on their own. And be able to defeat it. And find a place acceptable by God in heaven. Jesus Christ won that battle. He took all of our sin, all of our sins. Every every single one of us and all sin, he took it upon himself on the cross. And he died on that on that crimson cross that that blood shed all over That cross at Calvary was buried, and and Jesus arose. We, We talked at camp a little bit about all the witnesses who saw Jesus after He was raised from the grave. I'm glad God got a hold of my dad's mind. After I became a Christian, I was so excited to go to my mom and dad's house and to tell them what had happened to me. And my dad said, Kenneth, I wish you to talk to me before you got into this religious business. I've been on this earth 76 years and I've never seen anyone die and, and, and then be raised from the dead. I didn't have a doubt in my mind about the salvation I had just experienced, but I had the heaviest burden for my dad. And praise the Lord, at 78 years old, Though in 76 years he had never seen anything like that he experienced in his heart. And Jesus Christ saved him. He, he wasn't going to win the battle on his own. He had a lot of good deeds he could put out before God. But, but all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. God is good to let us know there's no one's going to win that battle without Jesus Christ. So if you're here tonight and you have never trusted in Jesus Christ to save you from your sins, would you trust Him tonight? Jesus, I'm a sinner. You died for my sins. Save me from my sins, Jesus. I trust You tonight. I believe Your Word. I believe what You said. You're drawing my heart. I'm uneasy for this reason. I I know that right now. I believe in you, Jesus. Let us pray. Father God in heaven, we bow before you tonight. We thank you for victory. We thank you for the, the experience of victory in the battle, the confidence you give your children as we are going to continually be in a war until we leave this earth. But, but Lord, it's good. What you do is good. And you show how mighty you are. And You show what a wonderful Savior You are and how much You love us. Thank You for taking us through our battles, Lord. Father, I pray that, that something has been said tonight that would keep every child of God from, from trying to throw in the towel and quitting. Lord, strengthen them and raise them back up, whoever it is, however many are down tonight. May they not give up Lord, and we, we just want to thank You for being our Savior tonight, for being so wonderful. We give You praise tonight, Lord. We've come, to, we've come to You tonight to praise You. And we'll praise You if there's one saved tonight, Lord. Have Your will in this time of invitation, for it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If everyone could please stand. Page 436. Second.